Welcome to the My First 5 Million podcast, where we share the trials and tribulations of two brand new mortgage brokers on their quest to fund their first $5 million in mortgages. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the My First 5 Million podcast. We're documenting the journey of two amazing new brokers on their quest to their first 5 million in production. You know, I've always said this is an amazing industry with incredible income potential and impact, but the failure rate, unfortunately, is really, really high. And so our goal with this series is to help you overcome some of those obstacles so that you can actually get to your first five million. The first five is the hardest five for sure. So I'll give you an update on Enrique and Isabel in terms of what's happening in their world in this last week. And then I'll talk about what we chatted about. So today on the show, Isabel talked about how she was able to revive a lead from a long time ago. And we kind of talk about some insights on that and how she was able to turn this opportunity from January of last year into a deal today. And then I talked to Enrique about how he coached his parents on making better financial decisions when it comes to real estate and how it's actually going to help him with his business, but ultimately it's going to help his parents. You know, his parents doing better will be good for him too as well. So a couple updates in terms of Isabel right now in this last week, she got six leads. Three of them are from a community that she's involved in with investment real estate, two from realtors. And one was the old lead that we revived. Pipeline has 3 million in it. Closings so far is 1.7. This month she's closing 1.557 million and has another 800,000 set for July. Enrique had got two leads off TikTok, one from a realtor referral and one from family, which is awesome. His pipeline is 4.75 mil and 3.8 mil in pre-approvals. So there's 4.75 is deals that have been submitted, waiting to fund. He still closed only 285,000. And in the next three weeks, he's gonna have closed another almost a million dollars in mortgages by June 16th. And that'll put him at over the $1 million mark, like 1.1, 1.2, which is amazing with lots to come. So if you're new to the mortgage business, a quick thing, go to get5million.com. We have a program that we put together for you guys to help you get your businesses going. So let's get the number 5million.com. Thanks for checking out this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Hey Scott, how are you? Good. We were just having our little coaching session before this and it's awesome to see that you guys are both making progress. And Mm -hmm. so in particular, I wanted to chat with you, Isabel, about you revived an old lead. So somebody that you talked to in the past, tell me about what happened there and pull some of the insights out of that. Of course. So she was actually a referral from the realtor partner I work with currently back in January. She was one of the first ones that she, I guess she was like trying to test me out with right Mm -hmm. Uh, before we became real partners. And this particular client, she was going through, it still is going through a separation. The initial plan was they were going to stay with mediation and it was supposed to be done in the same month, but it ended up getting stretched out. And during our first call, we had our virtual meeting and she just, you know, came out with her story. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, I explained to her what the process was and how I do things. And at the end of that conversation too, I did tell her, you know, I know for sure we're going to need a separation agreement. So it would be unfair for me to promise you anything when I don't know exactly what that agreement entails because it does factor into the file, right? So I promised her, you know, I would stay in touch with her every month and just see how she's doing. I also told her that, you know, I'm not married, but I'm sure it's not easy to be going through anything like this, especially when you have two kids. And especially when, you know, she's admitted that it was mainly him that was taking care of finances. So all of this is brand new to her. And I really resonated with that because growing up, you know, our parents only told us what they knew. But one of my mission becoming an agent was to 
not just issue mortgages and help people get in their homes, but it was to help educate them and, and also be, you know, someone that they can trust. And so my way of doing that with her was just, you know, keeping in touch and not just asking if her agreement's done, but asking how she's doing, right? A conversation that has nothing to do with mortgages. And, you know, there were times when she didn't respond and I was like, that's okay. And then all of a sudden last week, she reached out and said, you know, hey, I think things are going well. I found a property that I'm interested in. And I was just wondering, you know, how can we do this? And she just went, you know, full speed at giving me all the information. And I said, okay, you know, let's work on this. We got to, you know, claw back a little bit and just go through the scenario again and make sure we still have the right details before right. we proceed with a file. You have to do a reset. But here's a couple yes. things I took away from we chatted about that conversation. So first, Gary Vaynerchuk says caring is the ultimate marketing strategy, mm-hmm. right? My business partner, Jules, people love her because she cares. So you care, you're listening to her, you understand her story, and then you followed up. So the second thing was you continue to follow up with her. So this monthly touch in, even if nothing's going on, so mm-hmm. she knows you haven't forgot about her. And then you also set correct expectations. I think on the front end you did. So you said, hey, I know you need separation agreement, so I can't promise things that you can't deliver on. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when it did come about, you set the expectation that now we have to do a reset because now it's basically a new deal. Like we have no idea where you're at and stuff. So I think it's great that you managed to do that. So the other thing too is, especially with separations, as you guys know, they take a while. It's like, it'll be done in a month. Never have I ever seen that ever happen. Nobody's ever been like, I'm separated. It's a month. Done. Like it, yeah. it, there's always things they have to negotiate and they're like, I didn't think about this and what about that? Mm-hmm. And then it's very emotional and stressful. So it was, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that she was able to, you know, be comfortable confiding in me that way mm-hmm. too. You know, I'm sure it's not easy, especially when, you know, we've never met each other in person. <laughs> yeah, It was all through virtual, right? And even in that call, like I would probably say 80% of that conversation was just about getting to know her and her getting to know me. And the other 10% of our virtual call in January was talking about what the next steps are, what the process and her Mm -hmm. questions. Everything else was just, you know, getting her to feel comfortable and just hearing her story, right? Mm -hmm. Letting her know that there's someone there for her and recognizing that I'm not here just to get a mortgage out of you. I'm here to guide you, you know, me and the realtor. So And she reconnect with the realtor as well? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's great. Okay, awesome. So Enrique, let's chat. You had done some investment planning with your parents recently. So what happened with that? And what direction were they going to go in? And then what direction were you like, hold on, stop. eh, Let's go in this direction. Tell me about this. Yeah. So my parents are starting to get to a point where they were considering selling their house in Brampton. And since they bought that house, that house has appreciated triple the original purchase price. So I looked at them. I was like, no, don't sell it. It's a four bedroom, really it's a two plus two bedroom backsplit. And the lower level is pretty much the exact same size as the upstairs, bathrooms, windows, everything. They bring in good rents. So I told them to hang on to the property rather than sell it and still purchase the new property, especially because their debt service ratio was pretty much non-existent. Like they don't carry a balance on anything. You know, they don't have any debts. And then, so they decided to go ahead with that. They're now looking to purchase somewhere, you know, west, but they will be hanging on to the previous property as well and just renting that out. So, you know, that house probably fetched them another six grand in rents. So it was kind of like the incentive was like, there's no way that you can just like sell this house. And then this mortgage will be paid for through the rents and the new mortgage would also be paid through what the rents and you still cash flow positive. Right. And you have two properties that are appreciating in a market that even if yeah. we see a dip, you know, real estate's a long-term game, you know, over the next 20 years, yeah. it's going to be worth more. So 
I don't really see it going to be much of a dip. Like, I think it's just going to keep trending upwards. Yeah, like, I don't either, but I'm like, if it happens, you know, who knows? Right. Like, it's still going to be, you're still better off. You know, what great question you can ask clients if they're considering this is like, just out of curiosity, when you ask them how long you own your property, right? And they're like, oh, I've owned it for this long, your parents. What would have happened if you bought the property next door at the same time? What would your life look like today? So 15 years ago, you bought this property, right? <laughs> if you could have got the neighbor's house, oh my gosh, that would have been like that. Okay, we can't go back in time, but we can make yeah. better decisions today. So now yeah. you take that same psychology, that same mindset, and you go, okay, let's plan out. You can't fix that, but you can make better yeah. decisions now. So that's awesome. You guys are doing amazing. Both of you are. I'm so excited for you guys. And, you know, yeah, you both guys are just doing great. So Thank you. what Thank you. in terms of like, as we wrap up this call, so is there any kind of, I guess, what are your final thoughts is about what is it like? So if somebody's listening to this, because this show is really designed for new people. So if a new person's listening to this, what would your advice be to them? For me, I think it's always having your client's best interest at heart, no matter what the situation is, even if that means you might potentially lose the deal because you have to refer it out, just do it, right? Just always ask yourself, what's the best case scenario for that client? Because mm -hmm. what I think about is not just that deal, but what are they going to say after, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I want my clients to walk away saying, you know what, that Isabel really cared for our right. well-being as a client. And even though she didn't close the deal, I'm going to refer all my friends out to her. Mm -hmm. That's what I want from them. We call it, you know, the lifetime value of our clients. And it's not always about what the current deal is, right? Regardless, I still win because I get to learn from that deal, even if I don't close it. So right. I think it's just anything that you do, you know, for the client, for the file, just always have their best interest. Just right. always ask yourself, is this for them or is this for you? The way that I used to put this is I say, look, if you were my cousin or you were my like Mm -hmm. And if they're older than me, I'd be like, this is what I would tell you to do. And sometimes you just, it's like, it's not me. Like I'm not yeah. the, I'm not the right fit for this. And it built so much more trust mm -hmm. by saying no, than by like trying to fit something in a, you know, and you also just feel icky about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like there's one saying, so when I was in sales, before I got into mortgages, one of the things that one of my mentors told me was the moment that you do something that is self-serving in that deal or in that, whatever it is, that transaction back off. Right. Just back off, take a deep breath and just look at the whole scenario again. And honestly, that really stuck with me when he told me that he's like, always put them first. Right. right. Whatever it is they need, always put them first. And that served me well in the past yeah. years. So that's awesome. What about you, Enrique? What's your last word? Be aware of your lenders, you know, actually take the time, you know, like with Connect Mortgage Group, Josie Weir is epic with sending us updated rate sheets and Myself and a few of the others, we actually take the time to study through it. So, you know, when it comes time and you're dealing with your clients and you're trying to figure out where you're going to place them, you already have a pretty good understanding of your lenders. It's really helped me a lot because, you know, once I have a lot on my plate, that extra step where I don't actually have to like read through everything and figure out who the right fit is for, especially if you have a broker like Phil who wants you to learn by doing, like mm -hmm. he won't just give you the answers. He's like, well, you have all the information there. So, you know, right. go through it. Definitely just actually take the time to study because that information is a lot more important than I think a lot of people really give it credit for. What I found is that when it comes to underwriting, you have to, it doesn't stick until you have a deal attached to it. Like, so you can read yeah. guidelines and you can kind of remember them, but as soon as you have a real like live file with a live person, you're like, and if something goes wrong, it really sticks. It gets burned yeah. into your brain. You're like, oh my true. gosh. 
So yeah. you do have to have files to get that experience. And so if you're prepared a little bit, it's a little bit easier for sure. Yeah. And yeah. if you take the time too, right? Like, yes, mm -hmm. it could take time to find a solution for that. But then the next time that deal comes, it's, you know yeah. it. It's, yeah, yeah. You're, you're saving time the next time. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you guys keep crushing it. We'll be talking to you guys next week. Thanks, Scott. We'll sure. see you next week. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.